Well, hey there. I'm Lauren Dimmitt Waters, and I'm a New York City-based blogger and influencer who's been covering beauty, style, and lifestyle for what seems like forever. But now I'm a woman in midlife who wants to discover all of the secrets to growing younger. I'm ready to explore topics that deal with health and anti-aging, especially when it comes to beauty, fashion, wellness, and longevity. I'll find the foremost experts to unearth what's new, what works, and even what you shouldn't waste your money on. I'm on the hunt for the latest and greatest discoveries and strategies to help us all get through this journey called life with a little humor and a lot of attitude. I want to keep fighting the fight so we can all grow old ungracefully. So welcome to Beauty is a Bitch. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Beauty is a Bitch. Today, we're going to talk about midlife burnout. My guest is Dr. Haley Perlis. No one, she knows what it takes to overcome barriers and achieve peak performance. As an elite alpine ski racer, she competed and trained with the best in the world, pushing herself to the limits time and time again. Now with a PhD in sports psychology, Haley continues to push boundaries and drive peak performance, helping athletes and Fortune 100 executives reach their goals. Haley works with individuals and teams to manage and expand their energy capacity while increasing resilience, focus, and drive. Dr. Perlis is a highly sought-after keynote speaker, professor, author, and consultant to Division I athletes. She is an adjunct professor at the University of Colorado, lecturing on applied sport and exercise psychology at the graduate level. She has authored several books, including The Ultimate Achievement Journal and The Inside Drive, and her articles have been featured in publications such as Thrive Magazine, Fitness Magazine, and many others. Dr. Perlis earned her PhD at the University of Northern Colorado with an emphasis on social psychology of sport and physical activity. Her MS at the University of Florida in sport, how do you say that? (laughs) What is that? Some people say pedagogy. Some people say pedagogy. It's education. Oh, wow. I thought I had that. At her bachelor's degree at the University of Western Ontario in kinesiology, Haley loves both water and snow skiing and hiking. Hi. Boy, did I mess that up. I was doing great there. And then- You're not the only one. (laughs) I was like, whoa, that's a word I've never seen before. And I read it over a few times and I didn't catch that. Anyway, well, that's a good way to start. How are you today? <laughs> Great Lord, how are you doing? Don't stress, let's not get burnt out and stressed. I'm not going to burn. I'm not. I'm over it. I've already let it go. Good. good I pick good. my battles. You know, I am who I am. I, I'm perfectly imperfect. So, how are you doing today? I'm great. I'm great. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I thought we should talk about burnout because it seems to be, I think, something that everybody is experiencing, not just women in midlife, but especially, I think, since like COVID. Um, people seem to be really burned out. I know that in 2020, we were all like, yay, you know, new decade, here we go. And that turned out to be a complete mess. And then we're like, yay, 2021, it's got to be better. And it wasn't. And then 2022, and then 2023, it seems like everybody I know was completely burned out by February 1st. Like this year has just been like, high stress, moving hundred miles an hour. So women seem to be super burned out these days. Why do you think that is? Definitely ex- emotionally and mentally exhausted. I mean, yeah. we're, we're now in an era or in a time where we're just asked to be doing so much with less, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of scarcity. We've got people to protect. We've got people to take care of. 
And if we don't take care of ourselves, you know, how can we take care of all the people that we want to? And all that together creates uh, emotional and mental exhaustion for sure. So that's really something that we need to address. Do you think that we were always headed this way? Do you think like the current state of the world, like, why do you think it seems like we're talking about burnout so much more now? You know, stress is here to stay. Stress has been here long before we were, and it's going to be here long after we are. And we actually want stress to a certain point. Um, You know, it's funny when I do my in-person trainings, you know, I ask people to raise their hands. Who's ever volunteered for a promotion or who's ever volunteered to, you know, for, for more responsibility, who's ever volunteered to get married, who's ever volunteered to have kids, right? So we ask for, we ask for certain stressors in our life because we know it'll add adventure and we know it'll help us to grow. But man, oh man, this is getting overwhelming. <laughs> this is, you know, right now it's, you turn on the news, you, you talk to your friends and family and what, what once or what can be viewed as adventure and exciting is overshadowed by all the stuff we have to do by all the things. And I think that's where, where we, that's what's causing a lot of this exhaustion. But it, okay. So let's break this down or, or narrow more on midlife because that's the demographic that I right. speak to. So in midlife, you know, we're considered the sandwich generation. So some of us are still taking care of younger kids or have kids in college. We've got aging parents, dying parents, whatever. Um, so mid in midlife women seem to be burning the candle at both ends. What can we do to avoid burnout? So first, is it okay that we actually talk about what burnout is? Because I, yes, I do, please, please, please explain what burnout is. Okay. Because it is, it is a word that we're talking about often, um, but it's really three characteristics. And so we may, we may be thinking we have burnout, but we actually don't, don't. So we're on the verge hmm. of it. Or if we do have burnout, then obviously we need to address that. But it's really three things. One is what I think we all believe it to be, which is emotional and mental exhaustion. You know, it's not necessarily physical and women, especially, you know, again, midlife, we, we, we have energy. If we, if we're excited, if, you know, if we're on a time crunch, we get things done. We're really good at getting things done. Mm-hmm. So we have the physical energy, but it's mentally and emotionally exhausting. So that's the first characteristic of burnout. The second one is what we call depersonalization. Basically what that means is something or someone that we once felt connected to, that we once felt motivated for, that we once felt we belong to, we want to contribute. It is like pulling teeth for us to go and do the very thing that we once loved to do. So we've kind of lost that heart motivation. Mm-hmm. Understood. And, yeah. And then the third one, and I think this is really big with, um, you know, again, our, our, our demographic of, of choice right now, midlife, is low perceived, big word there, perceived performance. So mm-hmm. even though we're checking off the box, even though we're doing what everyone's asking us to do, and even though we're, we're you know, fulfilling our obligations, we don't believe we're doing a good enough job. And, oh, yeah. go ahead. No, no, I was breathing. Breathing, <laughs> I was yeah. I'm like, yeah, I feel that. <laughs> so it's the combination of emotional and mental exhaustion that depersonalization, that's something we once felt so connected to, we no longer do. And then also the, um, the low perceived performance, put that together and what do we do? Well, we go harder, we go faster, we go longer, we try harder, right? We don't, we don't take a breath like you just did. We mm-hmm. actually keep going, which sinks us further and further and further into the quicksand of burnout. And 
So how do you know that you're like not just exhausted, but in burnout? So again, I guess it's those last, those second two, you know, so on a day-to-day basis, I think we're all definitely emotionally and mentally exhausted. But if you feel still connected, if you still feel that intrinsic motivation, that heart, Mm -hmm. um, and if you, and if you know you're doing a good enough job or a great job, you're just exhausted, it's not burnout. But if you have all three, then absolutely. The important thing to go to your second question then is, is what do we do about it? The cool thing is that the exact same way to prevent burnout is the same way to treat it. It's one thing. What? Which is super cool. Um, because if you think about nutrition, for example, and I don't know how many times you've talked about nutrition, a lot, so, so many different theories, so many different thoughts, so many different bodies. It's confusing. That causes yes, burnout. <laughs> yes, it does. Keeping up with all all the trends in health and everything. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so the reco- so the prevention and treatment of burnout is one thing, and it's recovery. But you got to do it right because when people, when I say recovery, automatically people say, "Well, I don't have the time." Mm. Mm-hmm. Or I don't. I haven't earned recovery as, as as if it's some type of reward. So, and I think the first one I don't have the time because, like you said, we've got kids to take care of. Maybe we have parents to take care of. We've got jobs. We've got ambitions. We have stuff we want to do with our lives. We don't have the time to to recover. Right. Right. We no longer can look at it as something that takes hours. We have to right. look at it that we now have to look at it as um, recovery pauses recovery bouts. So we got to start sprinting throughout our lives, throughout our days. No longer can we think of life as a marathon. Life is a series of sprints. You get out there, you stress, you do a task, you sprint, and then you take five, 10, 15 minutes, maybe even one minute. And I can share some techniques that you can do in less than one minute. Let's do that. But let's do that later. Hold on. We'll do that. I'll I'll come back and ask you Those are the recovery bouts. So what, what is recovery and your definition? Like, what is it? And again, very simple. You can recover mm-hmm. in two ways. Mm-hmm. So one is stillness. So that's okay. what we would think, right? So a 20 minute cat nap or, you know, five minute meditation, uh, deep breathing exercise. Get this, the brilliance of boredom. <laughs> you know, think about that. When we were young and we went for like road, you know, car rides, for example, with our parents, we didn't have stimulation. We looked outside the window, we, right? We looked outside and we were just bored. And that was a yeah, sense of or played, played road games, right? Or played right. road games. Like yeah. but just, just, just sitting there for a moment and just being still the brilliance of boredom. So, that, so that's one type. But then the right. other type of recovery is actually what we call active recovery. Taking yourself out of one task. So taking yourself out of that stressor and putting yourself into another task as long as that other task creates emotional peace, creates mental calmness. You can't just take yourself out of one email and put yourself into, you know, washing the dishes and laundry if laundry and doing dishes creates more stress. So, you know, if it's calming for you, then great. So anything that's active that creates variety in your day, but also more, most importantly, has that emotional and mental renewal of energy. You mean like maybe going for a walk? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Something so like physical, that. Physical okay. activity is scientifically proven to be the best way to change your emotional state, but it could be reading a book. It could be um, Sudoku. Now Sudoku, some people get stressed out. Other people don't, right? Puzzling, gardening, playing music. <laughs> 
<laughs> Hustle stressed me out. Yeah. 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 But music makes me happy. Social- yeah. yeah I'm sorry. What? I was going to say, I'm even a big fan to an extent of, you know, a little bit of social media. I don't do, a, I don't do a lot of it myself, but I, I, when I'm in my consulting practice, a lot of people, they feel some common peace. Now it can take on a life of its own. So we have to be very disciplined but that too might be active recovery. Now, if you start getting envious or jealous or upset when you're on social media, reading the news and all that stuff, forget it. Yeah. But, if, yeah. but I have friends who just like to smile because they see what their other friends are doing in life and that creates a sense of peace and then they can go back to their stressors. I watch funny dog videos, funny dog reels. It makes me yeah. happy. But, Dogs, you know, social, yeah, but social media <laughs> tends to stress me out. I mean, I think it's all of this information coming at us, you know, 24 seven, um, I, I find it very overwhelming sometimes. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are in the same boat. They may not realize it, but I think a lot of people are in that same boat, which is why, which is why I don't often recommend it, but there are people that say to me, you know, it does come, it does create some peace in my day. Then, then I'm not going to say, don't do it. If it does just be really honest with yourself. Right. Well, that seems, I think that's important for any aspect of the aging process is you have to be very honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some actual signs that you are in burnout mode? So if it, if, if, again, if there is a group of people or even, I mean, maybe even your family, if they're, you know, a task or a group of people that again, you once you, you so look forward to contributing, you wanted to be there leading the show or participating and now it's a little bit, oh, I know it's on my schedule, but I don't, I don't want to. If it becomes more of a have to than a get to, that's one sign. Okay. So, so if you say to yourself, oh, I have to go to that call or I have to do this or I have to do that instead of, oh, I get to do this. I look forward to doing it. That might be a sign that you have that depersonalization. But do you think that that could also be just kind of need to flip the script a little and look at it from a different angle? But I I guess you're saying some people just can't do that. Like, or sometimes you can, sometimes you can't, depending on your mood, your headspace at that time. Well, Um, I do think, I mean, then then there's something to work on. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the greatest exercises, remember I shared with you, you know, in one minute or less, how can we have a little bit of a recovery bout? All right. Why don't we share that now? Well, one of them is when, you know, and we really just want to recover our emotions and it is really doing exactly what you just said, Lauren, is flipping it on a switch to then, so move from what do I have to do to think about, okay, who do I get to support? What do I get to learn? Who do I get to spend time with? So one of the cues, one of the clues to possible burnout is when you constantly are saying, what do I have to do next? And then one of the greatest ways to to change that is to reframe your, your thoughts to say, what do I get to do? And that might bring back that heart that may bring back some emotional energy. Yeah. I think reframing your thoughts is really important in many aspects of life, but I could see what now it sounds to me a bit like when you talk about burnout, some of the things you are saying is mindset. And some of it sounds like depression. So what, what do you think the difference is between burnout and depression. Like I could see some women possibly thinking they're depressed and running out and then they're prescribed meds, you know, and I think we're learning that just masking the problem doesn't solve the problem. And so what do you think the difference is then between burnout and depression? 
So I don't think depression can be, can be cured or, or treated with just recovery. Mm-hmm. So again, even though I said there's three, there's three characteristics of burnout, one is emotional, mental energy, uh, exhaustion, one is that depersonalization, one is the low perceived performance. The treatment is to get us back into a state of renewed energy. Mm-hmm. Depression mm-hmm. Is, is not just about restoring energy. Right. So that's the difference. However, I do think that if we live in burnout too long, that I'm not good enough takes on a life of its own. And that can cause some mental, you know, you know, feeling depressed is very different than having depression. Right. Like I can go, I can go through a couple of days of not feeling good enough and having depressed thoughts, but I don't have depression. Take a little bit of recovery. You know, I give myself a little bit of self-love, self-care. I, I go and do the things that I enjoy, be with people. And then that, like you said, just kind of flips it over. It's not that quick of a fix with when you have depression. Yeah. Yeah. Like the dark days outnumber the good days. Right. It just kind of sounds like some of the, like what you're talking about, like, you know, when the depersonalization, you don't want to go like that. Some people that are depressed or have depression that can start to take on a life of its own, you know? So that's, I'm just curious what the overlap was or if they're related. So thanks for clearing that up a little bit. So what happens if we don't pay attention to the warning signs? And we just keep forging ahead. We just keep plowing through. You will eventually check out whether it's forced. And it's, and it's usually, you know, if anyone's ever gotten sick on the first day of vacation. Oh, yeah, me. <laughs> I mean, those are the moments where you want to be energized. Those are the moments that you've been looking forward to. But your body just shuts down. Your mind and your emotions shut down. Sorry, you didn't, you didn't follow the protocol of you know, recovering throughout the day. So guess what? You're going to be in bed for the next day or two, and we're forcing you into recovery. It doesn't feel good, but it's still recovery. So, you know, two, three days in bed, and then you start to have a renewed sense of energy. Uh, so eventually you will, you, you, you will experience what, that forced recovery, mm-hmm. but you could also drop out of life. You all, you know, there are people who experience, especially at midlife, you know, they're working a job, they've got family responsibilities. They experience burnout. Well, now they're now they're taking a six weeks to six month leave of absence. Mm. They do yeah. come back, but it's still now. So now they literally have to put a hold and find that time for recovery. Yeah, but it sounds to me like that's also like taking back control too. So there, to me, that sounds like that would sort of restore and renew me if I know that I'm taking that time. Absolutely. But it's not, but it's not fun at first. No. And you feel like even more of a failure at first, perhaps. And then, you know, to get back into things, you know, it's, it's, it's an, it's an injury. So my background is sport, as you mentioned, Um, that's when you have, it's exact same as an athlete having an injury. We now have an injury, mental and emotional injury. So we got to go now through our own kind of recovery and rehabilitation. And we have to take a time out when we don't want to, because we want, you know, we, we still want to participate. True. That is forced. So it's forced. Are there any other like warning signs that you can think? I mean, could you get sick? I mean, physically sick. Um, So eventually, so the beginning of burnout, like I said, is purely emotional and mental. However, you know, a classic example is, and something that we, you know, that I'm sure I know I relate to, you can relate to, and I'm sure everyone listening can relate to 
Um, you know, if I ask people, how many have ever had the thought, I want to exercise after work today, or I want to exercise out, you know, at the end of the day, and everyone, you know, so many people throw their hands up. And then, you know, the follow-up question is how many people how many say, did you did it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want to exercise, but I'm too tired is the statement, but I'm too tired. Yep. But then you ask, you know, well, what have you been physically doing all day? And a lot yeah. of people have been physically sitting all day in front of their computers. Maybe they're getting up a little bit or driving here and there, but physically, aren't we well rested? <laughs> you know, like physically. Right. But it's but mental. It's the mental part. Right. But, he, right. but here's the thing. So because we say we're too tired, um, yes, it, we are mentally and emotionally exhausted, but that buys into I'm too tired. So then you don't exercise. You don't move your body. You do lose muscle. So then you do eventually then become physically exhausted as well. Mm -hmm. And then that mm -hmm. takes on a life of its own. And we start to not feel good about ourselves. We start to not like the way we look. We start to, and it's even harder to go and start those programs again. Um, and that can be, you know, devastating as well. I mean, this thing can be serious. Burnout can, can, uh, can, can really, really um, hurt a lot of aspects of our life, even though it may have just started in one domain. Yeah. I, I, you know, the physical activity part, it's funny you say that I used to, um, I used to keep my gym bag in my car so that I would go straight to the gym after work. I had, I knew once I saw my sofa and, you know, saw my home, I wasn't getting off the couch. Like I knew I'd find an excuse. I would just go straight to the gym after work. Like that was it. And now I go in the morning. I'm not good. I, I'm not very, although I'm going today. Today is one of the days I'm going later because I had stuff this morning, but I know it's going to, it's harder for me to go in the afternoon, but I know I need it. It's like yeah. so good for me mentally and physically. To, I tricked to... myself. <laughs> oh, you do? What do you do? I, I tricked myself. And again, this is my area of expertise and I still have to right. trick myself. Yeah, tell, tell me. So I, I really believe in something is better than nothing. So mm -hmm. I just say, just, I have an indoor bike at home. I have lots of options for myself, but I do have a, a home um, gym. And I just say, just five minutes, yep. just five minutes and see what happens. And tip most often, 95% of the time, five minutes turns into more. Right. Just it's getting you to actually start. Right. Something is better than nothing. Yeah. I've really right. gotten away from the whole, it has to be perfect, which I think is something that we can talk about. You know, if I'm going to do yes. it. It's got to be perfect. No, no, no. Screw that. Something is better than nothing. Let your body just, just start for, give yourself a five minute test. And then most often the five minutes turns into something else. I think you bring up something important though, like giving yourself grace about perfection. Um, you know, I know that for me personally, as I've entered midlife, I'm letting go of perfection, you know, like my, my quest for perfection and, you know, what is perfection? Who's the judge of perfection? You know, it's obviously what I perceive it to be. So I just kind of give it up, but on perfection, I mean, not giving up on life, but <laughs> on perfection. How do you think that helps? I mean, it just I, takes the stress off. I love what you said about um, giving yourself some grace. Mm -hmm. And uh, listen, I strive for perfection. You know, I'm, I'm a peak performance. That's what I do. Peak performance. Peak means, you know, like your very best. So I like to strive for perfection, but I do think that dropping the whole demand for perfection, because once you demand that's unnecessary negative pressure. And I love how you said, give yourself grace. And I think it's really important to distinguish between giving yourself some grace 
and letting yourself off the hook. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so giving yourself some grace is, you know, like my example, something is better than nothing. Uh, I wanted to go for a 60 minutes on my spin bike today, but I'm, you know, whatever happened, but I'm just going to sit for five minutes and see what happens. That's giving myself some grace. Letting myself off the hook is saying that it's, you know, well, it can't be perfect or I'll do it tomorrow or this week's ruined. I'll start again on Monday, you know, and all the, all the excuses that's us letting ourselves off the hook. Right. There's a difference, right? We can do better than that, but I do believe in giving ourselves some grace because giving ourselves some grace, like you said, Get, gets you to still take action. Right, right. And responsibility. And responsibility. Mm-hmm. I agree, 100%. So is burnout more prevalent in certain stages of life, like the stage I'm in? <laughs> there isn't a whole lot of scientific research that will dive into age groups or demographics, or but I do believe that right now, the you know the demographic that we're both in right now we have, again, a lot of responsibility and the responsibilities aren't getting less. They're only getting more. And, you know, we want to also enjoy our life. So I do think this is an, a stage where burnout, we are at risk. We are at risk mm-hmm. of all of those things. And we live in a very competitive world. And a lot of the times, you know, you know we want to, there's this negative, again, recovery is the solution. Recovery is the prevention and the treatment. And there's a negative stigma that we might place on ourselves or we, you know, that we put on, on just the society puts on us, that if we're recovering, we're not doing enough. Right. You know, like, so one of the greatest ways to help us to recover, as we said before, is reframing. So I mentioned a lot of us say, well, we don't have time for recovery. Well, mm-hmm. professional athletes don't, don't recover when they have the time. Professional athletes have recovery built into their performance programs. It is a mm. mandatory component. We know that when we go to the gym and we want to strengthen our bicep curls, we put stress in our hands, we do our bicep curls, we rip and we tear our muscles, but we're not developing muscles. We have to drop the weights, recover for 24 to 48 hours for our, the energy to be renewed and for it to get better. And to recover, right. And to right. recover. Recovery right. is mandatory. So we have to change that, you know, we don't have time. We have to create time. The second one is that, you know, recovery is a reward. I say mm. BS to that. You don't, you don't, you don't um, earn your recovery. You deserve the energy to be more effective in everything else. And here's the f- amazing piece. And this is research shown. When we start taking, you know, you work for 50 minutes and take a 10 minute break. You go for 90 minutes, you take a five minute break. You have to look at your life and you have to see where it fits in. But we're talking like five, 10, 15 minute recovery bouts throughout the day. Real Mm -hmm. recovery, not just, you know, doing something different, but again, having that emotional and mental peace and calm. When you go back to your stressors of life, you're more efficient, you're more effective, you make less errors. Time actually frees up. Interesting. Okay. So then you actually do have more time in the day to do the things that you love as well as the things that you have to do because you've actually recovered throughout the day. Yeah. And, and your I sleep find, gets better. And your sleep gets, well, that, Hey, there you go. Ding, ding. That's, <laughs> that's a huge issue in midlife is sleep. Wow. Wow. Yeah. But I think a lot of the reasons like that I don't sleep besides the fact that, you know, I'm in menopause 
is also that my mind, you know, I kind of wake up a little bit and my mind starts racing. And it's those thoughts, like thoughts that never used to wake me up, uh, you know, 20 years ago, things I could just not think about all the time. Well, it's yeah. normal. And again, I, you know, I, not to, not to get sidetracked, but it's normal as we age to wake up more frequently throughout the night. Yeah. But what those stories that are on our minds. So again, and, and again, if we can take moments throughout the day for a little bit of peace and quiet for ourselves, right? there is something I mentioned, brilliance of boredom. When we mm. have stillness, our brains can start processing and creating and um, solving mm. without the emotional anxiety connected to it. So it helps, it helps with those, with our sleep and it helps with our, you know, the whole thing Just don't tell me your answer now, sleep on it, yes. <laughs> you know, like, because our minds can start integrating and processing and REM sleep. So our right. sleep actually improves when we start taking more recovery. In addition, how many of us, I know at this stage, how many of us finally get everyone to sleep? We find like, finally, we have some peace and quiet at night. And we know we should go to sleep because we want our seven to nine hours, but we say, you know what? This is me time. I'm going to just stay up for another hour or two so I can get some me time. Yep. Catch up on my shows that are on the DVR. And next thing you know, it's like one o'clock in the morning. Oh yeah. I've been there. I try not to do that. I try so hard not to do that now, but I think that's, that's true. I, you don't know how many women tell me they do that. It's my time. Right. Right. So if we have more little bouts. It's not going to be hours, but if we have, again, five, 10, 15 little me times throughout the day, we won't need the two, three hours of me time at night. That's interesting because what you're saying is doing little bits of me time actually frees up more time in the long run. Because I think too, like when we're stressed out and we're trying to do so many things at the same time, none of which are usually done very well. Um, we, you know, I call it chasing your own tail you know, and that's, that is a huge time suck to me. Yeah. You know, so and, I really try not to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you think about it too, so even though we're talking about recovery too much of anything is too much, right? So, right. Too, so sometimes we sit on the couch and hours go by watching TV, having that me time. And you're not, you don't feel better afterwards. You feel more sluggish. You feel more tired. You feel more exhausted. Again, going into the gym, you know, some people tell me, oh, it takes forever for me to work out. And then you go and assess their workout. They're doing their three sets of 15 reps and then they're resting for five minutes in between each set. That's too much recovery. It's not, that doesn't serve you either. So even just, you don't need the hours at the end of the night. If you're taking little bouts of recovery, you're going to maintain emotional energy throughout the day. You're going to be more effective with your tasks. Time is going to free up and you are going to sleep better. Well, that sounds like a complete winning proposition in my eyes. So, so what are some unique factors that might increase midlife burnout? In addition to not recovering. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, I think, I think you just said it. So I, um, this, this strive for perfection is okay, mm -hmm. but the demand of it. So the more and more we need and feel that we have to be perfect um, is really a source of unnecessary pressure. So mm -hmm. definitely, you know, helping us be able to decipher between, um, you know, doing your best, but giving yourself some grace. And again, it's not letting yourself off the hook. It's just understanding the realities of your, of your world 
And I think going with the something is better than nothing um, sometimes will help will help us. So that's that's one thing that I just wanted to to address. But let's talk about this thing called depersonalization that I that I talked yes, about. Yes, please. So there's two types of motivation if we really break it down. There's intrinsic and extrinsic. Intrinsic is that heart motivation. You do things because you it's simply enjoyable. Doesn't matter what you get out of it. You it's stimulating. It's you feel effective in it. You feel like you belong. And then there's external motivation, which is the trophy motivation. So the verbal praise, and I know we all like to be acknowledged for, you know, we want to, we want to be praised. We want to, um, I don't know, maybe we need in this, these times, maybe we're trying to earn more money, right? We're trying to climb and, and, and have more responsibility. If we let the trophy overshadow the heart, we will get burnt out. Mm, So again, that whole thinking, what do I get to do today instead of what I have to do today and all about the results and all about the reward and all about the competition. I like my trophies. Don't get me wrong. I'm a, Mm -hmm. you know, I believe, I believe in trophy motivation, but if the trophy motivation is all that I'm pursuing during the day and I'm neglecting my heart, burnout. Interesting. So you got to focus everyone, you know, and again, something for, you know, for middle-aged, you know, women. We put ourselves, we don't put ourselves first, right? It's all the things that we have to do. And if we have time, we'll go and enjoy a, a, a game of tennis. We'll go and enjoy some social activity. Uh-uh, you got to, again, bring that back in. The heart motivation, balance the heart with the trophy. I like that. Okay, I like that. Well, good. And so if, do you think that we burn out more easily as we age? Like, was this... Are we in the height of it now? Is it going to get worse as we get enter, let's say, old age? I mean, well, listen. So burnout again is is re- is related to um, energy, and right. after the age of thirty, now this is going to more of a physical energy. But right. after the age of thirty, we lose one to two percent of lean body mass every single year if we don't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And so um, think about that. And one to two percent varies with the person. But that's when we're, if we're losing lean muscle mass, we're losing energy. Mm-hmm. And so when we're not, when we don't have the energy and yet we want to, it's like, we want to do it, but we don't have the energy. That's, that's the most awful thing. And then that emotionally and mentally can be damaging. Right. And yeah. exhausting. So I do believe that as we get older from that, because of that reason, because we're losing that one to 2%, if we're not doing anything about it. And then, you know, and then you're getting upset with yourself because you can't perform the way you used to. That in itself is an additional stressor, additional mental, mental drainer, emotional drainer of energy. So yeah, burnout, burnout is uh, where we are prevalent. We are susceptible. Do you think that like, if you are focused on aging, um, I know that there are a lot of people, men and women that fear it, not just because of the physical decline, but just, you know, everything that goes with it. Do you think that that also plays into burnout? Absolutely. When we're, when we're constantly, so here's another thing. There are two, when we talk about our emotions, stress Mm -hmm. emotions, there's really two types. There's our fight or flight. Right. And then there's our optimal emotions. So the fight or flight is really that fear, that worry, that frustration, that anger. So think about, you know, aging. Yep. That's, I'm angry fear, that I'm aging. Exactly. And that fight or flight, even though um, it's a, it's a strong motivator, I mean, it's a fight or flight, even though it can be a strong motivator, 
it is the fastest way to drain us of energy, mental and emotional energy. Burnout, right? right? The other side, the other emotion that's related to stress is more of an an optimal experience where we feel challenged, excited, passionate, aligned, hopeful. Those emotions kind of fuel us, even though we're still, you know, using energy, but those emotions are fun. Those emotions are exciting. They don't drain us as quickly as the fight or flight. That's true. Flight or fight is to me, it's like when I feel like my heart racing, um, you know, I can feel it. Uh, you could, yeah, the feel, like the energy. actually feel the energy, like your heart racing and you turn red. And like, to me, that's flight or fight. Like somebody um, swerved into my lane when I was driving the other day and thank God I was quick and I saw it, but then, you know, and then my heart was racing for a good minute afterwards. And I'm like, Ooh, that's flight or fight. So transfer that to waking up and looking in the mirror. (laughs) Some people might have have that, you know, that aging, (laughs) that aging experience where they still, maybe not to the extent that you had when someone swerved into your lane, but, but, um, but it's more of a, like you experienced acute, like it hit you, someone, right. someone, but this would be more chronic every single day. You know, we get right. a little bit and a little bit and a little bit of this fight or flight. It's not to the extreme that you had when, you know, on this, on the road, but just a little bit of this, it adds up. And so again, if we can, this goes to a different topic, but it's really about accepting what is and doing mm-hmm. what you can to control it. So you accept we're all getting older. I am too. You have to accept what what it is. And then you start taking control over what you can. And that will help us move from the fight or flight into more of the, you know, challenge yet excited emotions, which Mm -hmm. helps us stay energized for longer periods of time in combination with the recovery bouts. Now we are staying away from burnout. That Sounds like the perfect place to kind of end it. That's amazing. Like that is the prescription right there, you know? And I think that taking control over what you could actually control, that's what I'm always saying about aging. Like that's that's sort of my reason for being. Like I think that we should have all the information we can so that we can take control over the things that we can control. And there's a lot we can't control. Yes. Yeah. Just two questions then along those lines, because I like to leave people with like specific action steps. Yes, please. Every single day, let's start bringing back some, um, you know, remember burnout is also low perceived confidence. So let's start bringing back some perceived confidence. Every single day, ask yourself, what did I achieve today? You, no one else. What did you achieve today? But that's only the first question. The second question is, Again, bringing that word get to back in your life. What do I get to do next? I love that. What do I get to do next? And And that's basically reframing. Yeah, that's reframing. Yeah. I'm sorry, you were were saying once you do that? I was going to say those those two questions put you back in the driver's seat, get you back in control, get you focused more on the optimal emotions of challenge yet excitement, gives you a little bit more of connection, brings back that heart motivation gives you a sense of confidence and helps you stay away from burnout. I love it. I love that. So we're going to wrap it up. Is there anything else you want to add about anything that you didn't talk about? I mean, I think we covered a ton, but is there anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? 
I really, I, I, in my seminars, people are really enjoying the, what do I get to do next? And so if yeah. I could just, if I could just harp on that, you know, really just stress that because I, I, let's just remove that have to and really insert that get to, I think that'll make a big difference. Well, I, you know, I think that in midlife, we get to get older. We, you know, like that, yeah, we have to, but we also get to, that's, that's an honor, you know? Um, because the alternative isn't so great. No, it's true. <laughs> what would you, maybe we need to play that game. What would you rather? You know, what would you rather? Would you rather get old or die tomorrow? Yeah. I mean, you know, those are the choices. That's <laughs> There you go. That's the best. That's the best mental toughness yeah, yeah, you know, there you tip go. today. <laughs> Sorry. I have, I can't take, I can't take myself too seriously. So I had to how to throw that in there. Well, thank you so much, Haley. I really appreciate it. You're Thanks so for welcome. talking to us about burnout. I, I'm, you know, I always wonder if I'm in burnout or if I'm just a little depressed or what, you know? Um, so thanks for clearing that up. So if you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple podcasts. It really helps us out a lot. I have a new pro aging podcast biweekly. So please contact Lauren at fountainof30.com for sponsorship opportunities. Thanks for listening, everybody. Strive for for perfection, but don't demand it. And don't ignore your heart and show yourself some grace. Take care, everybody. Until next time, see you soon. Bye.